G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and Christopher Bro here is the Australian Christian Lobby State Director for South Australia, Victoria and Tasmania. Christopher, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil, and good day, listeners. It's actually South Australia, Tasmania, Northern Territory, not... I haven't got the Victorian gig. Okay. All right, I'll make, the, make an adjustment there. Hey, uh, Christopher, uh, just before we talk about some really big, important issues, uh, just to mention Pastor Andrew Evans. Uh, he was a South Australian boy in the sense of uh, the formation of uh, a fabulous church there and, of course, the co-founder of, of, uh, of the Family First Party. Uh, did you have any special reflection on him? Yes, so I remember Andrew saying that they had a AACC that was then called Assemblies of God Conference, and I think I think it was Philip White, one of Australia's leading atheists, spoke, and he said to them, "If your mob got yourself organised, you could beat my mob," and that led to Andrew and others forming the Family First Party in started in South Australia. There was a couple of senators elected to the federal parliament as well. I remember him saying he'd walk past Parliament House and pray and say, Lord, if you have a seat there for me, keep it. And um, that's a great encouragement of faith, of, of starting something which was brand new in an Australian political context. And that name, Family First, particularly in South Australia, still retains its 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 a very well-liked and well-known brand, and it's been now um, rejigged by some others and will be contesting, I think, the next federal election and certainly the next state election here and in other places. So uh, there's an enduring legacy in, in our patch, in the political uh, sort of sphere, for Andrew's faith and, and, and grace and, and foresight. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, if our mob could get their act together, that would be pretty significant. And uh, hey, I know you're playing your role in getting the mob around all sorts of issues. Hey, thanks for that reflection, Christopher. Let's get into some of the issues. Uh, an, abor- an abortion inquiry, the Senate inquiry titled Access to Reproductive Health, was released last week. What's your reflection on what's happening? So uh, I think three main points. Um, Neil, the first is the committee in uh, a very flawed process disregarded the majority of submissions that were put in. So we know that about 1,600 submissions, individual detailed submissions, not pro forma letters or anything like that, were put in. And they classed all of those as really part of one campaign. And so they put a a few um, examples, and that masked the fact that the majority of Australians who uh, contributed to this inquiry didn't want a further proliferation of abortion. So, that, but the committee tried to hide that, and that 
in, in our view, is disrespectful for a Senate committee to, to call for public submissions. People take time. I've read some of these submissions. Like some of them were two pages that people had put in work. Uh, and just to have them lumped is, in our view, disrespectful. Uh, just, um, to, just to pause and reflect on that for a moment, Christopher, because perhaps this is happening more and more because there is an outcry that's coming from a conservative Christian constituency. And what you're saying here is, and perhaps this is, you might be seeing something that's been leading up to this, but when you get all of those who are against uh, lumped into one uh, bunch and set aside so that they can uh, they can look at the detail of what's happened in the other submissions is that the sort of way it seems to look yep uh, exactly and and some of the submissions they have published had organization with certain names but who knows what they are they could just be names um and so there clearly was a bias in the approach of the committee. Uh, that's 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 number one. Um, but number, two, I also just want to pick up the thought of conservative Christians in this country context. We're not conservative any, anymore. We're the radicals. Mm. We're the ones who want to stand for life and truth. Where the Often many people just want to leave things alone and be apathetic. But this is radical gospel living, uh, calling for the value of every human life. Well, uh, interesting, isn't it? The way Christians are being seen. And uh, you make a very strong point. We're no longer just those uh, conservatives. We're the radicals uh, because we're having an expectation that life will be preserved so far as the numbers go, um, there's some evidence in this inquiry that something like 88,000 abortions are happening in Australia annually. Any thoughts around those numbers? Because sometimes they're considered to be not always all that accurate. Yes, yeah, so that's a very important truth that comes out of this inquiry because in the majority of states, we don't keep proper stats about abortions. The only state that keeps proper stats is South Australia. And so a lot of the, um, the working out of, how, of the amount of abortions that are done in Australia have, have worked from extrapolating from the South Australian figures. Um, but this inquiry puts it out there that there are about 88,000 in Australia annually. So I'd just like us to pause and reflect on that. That is 1,800 this week. 1,800 children, unborn children, are going to have their lives ended. 1,800 mums are going to be carrying that memory uh, in themselves physically and emotionally for the rest of their lives. 1,800 potential fathers will, will have that in their minds. You can't get away from it. The, I, I, I just want to tell you this little story about, uh, we were having some renos done at our house and we engaged an architect. He did the work, great. I met him a little while later at, at the foot, local footy oval and we were just chatting and he said to me, we had to do it, you know. I said, what? He said, we were going to have twins but we couldn't handle it so we had to abort. And that, I've never forgotten that, Neil, because this was a man who I only knew briefly, 
And totally unprompted, he, he said that that was on his mind. It was on his heart. And so 1,800 children, 1,800 mums and potential fathers are going to carry that. That is a shame. That is a tragedy for Australia. And Christopher, some of the other things that are coming out of some of these submissions, uh, the illusion uh, that that it's an easy and a safe thing to have an abortion. Uh, actually, abortions are difficult and require you know significant supervision by doctors. Any thoughts around the perception in the community about uh, abortion being an easy process when in actual fact this is very confronting for any woman to undergo? Yes, so if you read the, the MSI uh, international website, they're the ones who sell the abortion pills and gain massive income from it. It, it, it said that medical abortions is a simple, easy process, etc. That's the flavour you get. But this inquiry says that it's a painful and confronting process. That's especially at home because uh, a young woman or a, is going to see the, the, the body of the infant mm-hmm. in some shape or form. That, that, that's, that's a tough, tough gig. But also, there was a complaint made that lots of doctors weren't um, getting involved in the prescription of these drugs. But the evidence was that it takes a lot of time and follow-up and care. And some of the doctors just don't have time to do it. And that's very significant, particularly in Queensland, because there's a push now to have teleabortions in Queensland. Uh, so there's a you consult a doctor on the phone, perhaps, and you sent the pills. That lies exactly contrary to this evidence that a medical abortion has got to be carefully supervised, and uh, it's 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 not a not a simple process. It's a complicated process because you're poisoning the uh, the, the the little growing um, fetus in in the woman's womb. It, this is complicated and tough stuff. It is. And this, uh, this inquiry brings it out. Christopher, in the Australian Christian Lobby submission, uh, what were the uh, key points that you were recommending to this committee? Um, the, I think what we were saying was that there, there's already abortion to birth across the country. Uh, we should be providing pregnancy care for mums who want to continue with their babies because there's evidence that some women, a significant number perhaps, choose an abortion because they think they don't have the wherewithal to see the pregnancy through to birth. That should never happen in a country like Australia. We should be providing pregnancy care and information how you can obtain pregnancy care to women who can then make an actual free choice 
to decide to have their baby or not, and hopefully to have their baby. Uh, as an example, Neil, in, in, if you Google uh, unplanned pregnancy, you will get, in a South Australian context, uh, which I'm familiar with, you will get reference to uh, the Pregnancy Help Center, which provides only information about abortions. Why should we not have similar information given to mums to say, okay, that's one aspect. Here's another aspect. We, the community, will support you in pregnancy care. We will do that. We will give you counselling. We will give you support. We will give you access to, um, to those who will provide baby clothes, etc., etc. Why should we not do that? Why should we not at least promote those pregnancy help centres which are doing that completely voluntarily now? It is an unbalanced view and it is a push by government to promote abortion and that should never be the case. Uh, That's tragic and uh, it's challenging for anyone who recognises the imbalance that is there. But that imbalance is moving into all sorts of new territory. Let me just ask you if there's updates and things that are happening in the ACT because the ACT government is mandatorily acquiring Canberra's Calvary Hospital. And this is a hospital that has Christian foundations and uh, is pro-life and uh, the government is stepping in to take it over. Uh, What are your thoughts here? So this is this is a very concerning story, Neil, as you as you would know. So, about twenty years ago, the ACT government asked the Little Sisters of Mary to take over and run one of Canberra's public one of Canberra's public hospitals, and they've done that. They've done that well. It's got about seventy six years to go on the lease. About a month ago, there was a report released. Uh, in the, in the ACT Parliament that said something to the effect that uh, the ethos of the Calvary Hospital was problematic because they weren't providing abortion services. And once, if voluntary assisted dying comes in, they, they won't do that either. That seems to me the under, to be the underlying genesis for this amazing push to compulsory takeover and walk into the hospital on the 3rd of July. So they introduced the legislation a couple of weeks ago and they're going to vote on it on the 31st of May. They've put aside all the committee stages, said they're not going to do that. They've changed the rules and they will go in and march in and take over just like the, in the Anschluss in Austria in 1930s. This is going to come in and take over the hospital. And they have to provide proper compensation, just compensation. That's in the ACT Self-Government Act. But that's going to be worked out afterward. And here's the one of the interesting things. The Act says that the method of compensating, of, 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 of assessing compensation will be provided by regulation. So the, the, the takeover bill says we're going to take over and we're going to tell you how we just compensation. That that's making the ACT government, the judge, the jury, and the executioner shouldn't happen. Should not happen. This is the best operating hospital in Canberra. The Canberra, the other public hospital, the Canberra public hospital is in a mess, and the government that made a mess wants to take over the hospital that's running well. 
what are they going to do with it? Christopher, you're a man with a legal background. Uh, what sort of precedent does it create when a government can do that, take over a Catholic-owned hospital? And I think you said something like 76 years still to go on their lease, uh, very heavy-handed. What sort of precedent does that create? Well, it's a very concerning precedent, Neil, because if you, if you think about it, say the government thinks, look, we don't like what's being taught in Christian schools in, say, Victoria. Uh, they're teaching that uh, we should have a sexually restrained life. We should uh, only have uh, kids should remain uh, pure and only have sexual relations in marriage. We don't like that. That's against our philosophy. They could take over. They could pass a special act and take over. Or, say, a government that doesn't like horse racing. They could take over the, the local racing club. It is totalitarianism, totalitarianism at its core. That's the philosophy of this. And it is wrong, and we must do everything we can to oppose it. And happening today in the ACT, uh, there's been a protest or two. Uh, you've had ACL supporters at a uh, community gathering last Monday and then on Wednesday. How have they looked? Well, that's, it's been, we had about, in a couple of days uh, last week, we announced the meeting and we had a, getting close to 200 people, I think, very concerned. There was a rally outside Parliament Legislative uh, Council and Quite a number of people attended. Um, there's a big petition being put out uh, by the Catholic Church. Uh, we're running a campaign on acl.org.au, which you can go and sign and send letters to the Prime Minister uh, and the ACT parliamentarians and the Senator for Canberra for the ACT, Kerry Gallagher. So we're doing all of that. Get on board because this is not just an ACT issue. This is a national issue. Uh, it could be any of us. It could be any of us or any of our institutions. Okay, so there's a campaign underway and I'll point listeners to acl.org.au to participate in that. And it's not just for listeners in and around the ACT, it's for every listener right around Australia, some action you can take today. So the ACL website, acl.org.au. A time is running out, uh, something big on the horizon. That's uh, ACL's new CEO who starts tomorrow. Uh, you'll be looking forward to uh, having Michelle Pierce take over the reins. Yes, yeah, so uh, that'll be the start of an, a new season. It's been, as everyone would know, it's been a tough, tough time for the last few months. But Michelle starts uh, officially tomorrow, and many of the staff are gathering in Canberra to sort of have a download of what's happening across the country. So please be in prayer for her. And we have, if I could say, we have a our uh, end of financial year appeal going uh, at acl.org.au. So if, you're, if God moves your heart as a listener, please jump on and, and support us because there's a, a massive amount of work going around the country and as Vision does, we need your support. Let me point listeners to acl.org.au. Christopher Brohier, who is the State Director for the ACL in South Australia, the Northern Territory and Tasmania. Christopher, thanks so much for another great update today on 2020. 
Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.